Hey good people, this is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, this morning I'm thinking about introverted feeling. And there's a part of me um, that's thinking about introverted feeling on the axis with extroverted thinking and... I'm also thinking about an introverted feeling as a partner in crime, if you will. I don't have another way of saying it with introverted intuition because those are both of my introverted functions. So I really feel the need to process introverted feeling, um, not theoretically, but in in and applied context. So, um, you guys know I am, you know, I've just been struggling with work and there are different, uh, there are different iterations of the struggle. I think, I think when it's all said and done, I'm going to be able to, to map out the struggle. And I do look forward to that. I'm, I'm really in, in a weird way. I'm kind of excited about what I'm, what there is to learn. Like, feel like there's a learning, there's a lesson here. But I'm too close to it right now. I'm too inside of it to fully get the lesson. And I've been talking a lot on this project about the learning curve, coming to realization, acceptance of this, you know. And all of that, you know, because the last episode I released, I was thinking, um, I talked about midlife crisis and accepting that I'm being challenged to think differently. I'm going through a phase where I'm being asked, I shouldn't say I'm being asked to, but spiritually I'm thinking differently and there yet is not an alignment with my spiritual, the spiritual part of me and my academic side. So I talked about, I put in the description notes for the previous uh, episode that I am, you know, being challenged. I'm accepting. I talked about, you know, previously I've talked about a learning curve. I've talked about accepting fear as the basis and so when I was re- when I was thinking about all of that it just tells me I'm in the pocket of something I am gen- genuinely in the pocket of something and I think in the pocket there are these peripheral lessons that I'm learning and so, but they feel important. So I'm like, oh, I, I had a breakthrough. There's a resolve. I learned this, right? But I'm in, there's a heightened space where that's just happening a lot. And so I think that it just means I'm in the pocket of something that I have not yet resolved. And there is a heightened learning curve. And so... That's, I just, I feel the need to apologize to you all. Um, I, I know I don't need to. I really don't need to apologize to you. But I think intellectually, I'm like, I want you to know that I see a pattern. I see a pattern of terms of, in terms of my reflection. This school year, but um, yeah, it's really this school year. And I don't really think I'm going to fully get the lesson until I'm out the bubble. And I don't know if being out of the bubble means um, being out of that job, this particular job, or something else. I'm not sure. I, I am genuinely not sure. I really, really am not. So anyway, this morning, um, I'm dealing with some confusion 
and I'm having a hard time deciphering if it is emotional confusion or intellectual confusion. I really am struggling this morning. And in full disclosure, I want to tell you guys something. I'm actually laying down. <laughs> I've done two other episodes where I, I, lay, I was laying down and And one was, I was at a conference, and then once was when I was dealing with, you know, it was like the day after my, it was either the day of or the day after my dad's funeral. And, um, and that's kind of, yeah. And then I wonder if there's a pattern of me going, because most of the time, like, I'm, I think about, doing a reflection I get up I do my morning routines and I'm like okay now I'm ready let's hit the record button but I don't feel like (laughs) I don't feel like getting up (laughs) and uh, I want to process I need to process so this is really self-serving so it is a self-serving reflection I don't know if it's going to be good or bad we don't know But I'm hitting the record button, and hopefully you can get something out of this reflection. I'm going to say that I'm going to try to process that tertiary FI to help me interrogate. Am I having some intellectual confusion or emotional confusion? I'm not. I really, really am not sure. But I'm going to start the conversation by interrogating, by looking at introverted feeling, which is tertiary for me as an INTJ. If you're new to this project, this is a personal personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two, oh, goodness gracious, Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ-8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator of about 30 years, and I've spent half of that time in leadership Politically, I am driven by lowercase p politics. I'm saying this differently. I'm excited. Politically, I'm driven by what's called lowercase p politics, which is about interpersonal power. And the way that I express my politics is by saying I am a critical race feminist, which says I have an intellectual sensitivity to how power shows up in the social world around constructs such as race, class, gender, and sexuality. This project is unedited and it is unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me in or me, feel free to go to my website at nearnidom.wordpress.com. So um yesterday was an emotionally difficult day for me. Most of the time, when I talk about my emotion, I talk about my emotions analytically. I don't express the emotions. I really, I just genuinely, I don't. I I have learned to acknowledge the emotions. I have learned, and I'm still learning, to recognize the emotions and the feelings, but I realize that most of the time when I'm making space for my emotions and my feelings, and I'm going to use those two words interchangeably right now, but they're not the same. Emotions and feelings are different, but I'm going to use them interchangeably because um, I just don't feel like trying to parse them out. But most of the time when I'm dealing with my feelings or my emotions, I'm dealing with them analytically. I'm talking about them. And I might have a pocket, like a little, like a little 
outpouring of an emotion that lasts all of two seconds. And when I'm really emotional, that outpouring can last maybe a minute. I'm thinking 50 seconds. And and that's the that's the extent of it. But I do analyze and talk about my emotions more now that I understand that those emotions are really a part of my personality. My feelings are part of my personality. They're just at the, in the back back seat, if you will. I've also learned that I I'm learning. I'm not gonna say I've mastered this lesson yet, but I'm learning that when I am more analytical, usually there is an emotion sitting underneath that. But because I'm not aware of those emotions and I don't have the best relationship with those emotions, I am unaware of them. And so then I just get into this hyper-analytical space. I can become hyper-intellectual too. But what's underneath that are emotions. That, that seems really important to distinguish. Well, yesterday, the emotions no longer in the backdrop. They made their way to the forefront. And I am intrigued by it analytically still. <laughs> like I still want to analyze it. And maybe I want to analyze it because I don't know what else to do with those emotions. So maybe analyzing them is just my way of safely dealing with the emotions. So, um, so that's really what the impetus of this reflection is, is that I have made my way into an emotional space that's no longer just analytical. It is it is being outwardly expressed. And so in the um, aftermath of that, I now want to analyze them, right? So one, one track, I analyze the world not understanding that there is an emotion driving the analysis. And then the second track, which is where I'm at now, is I'm very very well aware of the emotions, but I don't want to sit in them. So let's go to the analysis of them. And that's why I'm hitting the record button while I'm still laying down. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. Because I'm going to honor this project. I'm going to get up and put my feet to the ground and sit up and, and do this reflection. So I'm going to push the pause button. You're not going to be able to tell, but I'm going to push the pause button and resituate myself and then I'll be back in just a second for you, but okay, just pause one second. Okay, I am back. I am now in one of my living room areas sitting on my couch <laughs> and um, my feet aren't on the ground. I'm feeling, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm more in an upright position. Um, so yesterday, it's interesting how the, how I entered into this emotional space, unaware. So I had to go get a book. So I'm working at one, on one campus as the site manager, which is not true, but I'm on record as being the site manager. And uh, before they put me in this assignment, I was planning on doing a joint lesson with a teacher. And um, in preparation for that lesson, I had uh, I had some of her books. So she needs her books back. You know, we didn't know that I was getting ready to be moved from, from that role into a new assignment. 
So she's been asking for a book that I had. And so I brought, I went to get the book from my other office to give it to her. And, uh, uh, um, I got the wrong book. It wasn't the right one. So yesterday I was like, I'm going to go back to the other office to see if I can find the right book to take this lady, give her a book back. Cause I'm, I mean, I do love books, but I don't want it on record that I stole this lady's book. So I went to my old office, which isn't my office anymore because they got, they have it completely rearranged. And when I went there, and I surprised them. They were all like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, nope, it's okay. <laughs> this isn't where I'm working right now. So anyways, I got the book. Excuse me, I went to get the book. But I had to knock on the door because I didn't. I took my the key to that particular office off of my key ring. I don't need it. I'm not going into that building anymore. So that meant I had to, I still have the, I do still have access to get into the building, but I didn't have access to get into my office. So I knocked on the door and knocked on, and it's a window. So I knocked on the window and one of my colleagues who were, where we, I share an office. I shared past tense, an office with two people. And, um, so I knocked on the window and the one colleague where we've kind of gotten close, we've grown more close. She saw my face. She saw me knocking on the door and her face lit up and she was genuinely happy to see me. And I don't know why her face lighting up to see me put me in an emotional space. So when she came to the door to like hug me, I started crying <laughs> like, and this isn't the kind of crying um, that I talk about on this show. Like, I think you guys, I mean, you've heard me cry. I, I've learned to be more comfortable with it. I'm not completely comfortable with it, but I'm more comfortable with it. And so when I found myself crying analytically, I literally in the midst of me crying, hugging this lady I started going, why are you crying? What's that? I could not access the reason for the tears. But they kept coming. So then we separated. You know how you hug somebody, you're doing a hug and then you separate. Because she's never seen me cry before. And I've seen her cry a number of times. She's an ENFJ. I don't know if that matters. I think she's just more comfortable with her emotions. I don't do my emotions like that. I do them on this project because it's the project and it's not that I'm performing emotions. It's just as this is my diary. <laughs> this is my journal. So this is where those emotions are going to surface. But I don't do them publicly like that. And it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating that I can have those emotions on this project and make, and really, even when I'm not comfortable, they're here. But I don't let people see that. So when we separated from the hug and I'm crying, I started laughing. And then she said, what's going on? I said, I don't know what's going on. And then I started crying again. And then she hugged me again. And I just held her. And I said, I really tried to tell myself, stop analyzing the emotions. Don't analyze them because you're coming up short. I don't know why I am crying. <laughs> but obviously, I need to release. Let it re release it. So... I hugged her for about another minute. And that probably wasn't even a minute, but it felt like forever for me. 
and did a little more crying. And then we moved in and we started talking. And then I moved back into my normal self, you know. Just, I'm going to say I moved from the F-I to the T-E. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, though, to be completely honest. So I thought, well, that's just a fluke. Maybe I just had those emotions because I've been working somewhere for six weeks where I don't have, I'm not welcomed. And I don't, I don't bemoan that. I don't begrudge it. I don't need those people to welcome welcome me in this sec this new space that I'm in. At least consciously, I don't think I need these people to welcome me. It's a tough job. I feel like I'm the right person to do it. I know what's going on. It's it's coming to me. See, this is why I hit the record button because I knew the answer was somewhere in there. It's coming to me. Okay. I don't know what the, what it means, but it's coming to me. Um, so let me just finish what I was saying, and then I'll try to tell you what, what just hit my brain just a second ago. I believe it's a tough job, and I believe I'm the right person for it. I do believe that. And I believe I've been doing a damn good job. I really do. Because I'm wired for that job. I'm wired for that assignment. They gave me a burning building. And what other people would have sat around and they would have talked about the flames and they would have talked about, I don't want to get burnt. I walked my butt right in the middle of that building, right in the middle of that burning building. And I began to put systems in place to put out the fire. And not just put out the fire, but I'm going to work with this metaphor. I put systems in place so that fire cannot start again. And I did it with boldness. And really no regrets. My good friend sent me a picture this morning. And I can't help but to analyze why the hell did you send me this picture? Like, I don't, I might explain it. I might explain it to you, but that's my brain is like thinking, why did she send me this picture? It's stupid. <laughs> anyway. So I went into the front, the burning building. I put out the fire. I put in systems so the fire cannot resurface. And I won that battle. Won multiple battles. But true to TE fashion, I lost some battles. And what I lost was, it's the people side. And that's complicated. Because on one hand, I can acknowledge that. I went in, I put in systems. They are effective. TE, thank you very much. And my introverted intuition showed me what was needed. And I put in systems based on what my introverted intuition was showing me. And because I'm experienced and because I'm trained, I was able to quickly assess this is the problem. This is what's needed. I didn't go into that building knowing what systems I was going to implement at all. Not at all. But I got in there and like literally day one, I started going, nope, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. And I did. 
and I produced some results pretty rapidly. As my, as the CEO said, my pacing was pretty, it was pretty fast. It was high, high, highly, it was high paced. It wasn't slow at all. I went right in there, made a diagnosis, and I, and I determined what solution was needed, and I took the quickest route. And that's the efficient part. Because you guys know I did a reflection on effectiveness versus efficient. And and TEs are, some people say TE uses are effective and efficient. But I was like, well, I think I'm more effective than I am efficient. But this this is an example where I was effective and efficient on one level in terms of getting those systems, in terms of diagnosing the problem and determining what system was needed, how to put it in place, and to put it in place. I did that. Yes, I'm the bomb. Yes, whatever. But here's my blind spot, and I don't even want to call it a blind spot because I don't value it. So it's really not a blind spot for me. But other people, it would be a blind spot. I did not cater to the people's feelings about the systems that I put in place. I didn't cater to it. I didn't consider it. That's not true. I did consider it. But I chose to be effective to put, I chose putting out the fire as more important than contending with people's feelings. I did. I made that decision. Okay. So the backlash of that would be people upset. That didn't bother me either. I can sit in the tension of that. I seriously can. So as people got upset, and this is because I had a parent who was upset yesterday with me. And it was kind of funny to watch it. It was not funny that she was upset. But when I thought about it, she wanted me to attune to her emotions. Attune. And now as I'm saying that, my assistant or associate principal made a comment about watching me in a meeting and watching how people respond to me. Basically, people are looking for me to attune to their feelings. And I'm so focused on the standard of effect for effectiveness, being effective, what are the standards for effectiveness, that I... I'm like, okay, I'm sorry you feel that way, but if we could just get this thing in place and you see how it works, then you'll feel better later. (laughs) Honestly, I don't think it, I don't think that consciously, but in hindsight, that's how I'm going to describe it. I also judge it. I also judge the feelings based on some standards. Not based on my own introverted feeling. I don't think that. I actually think I judge the feeling based on some public standards of what is right and wrong. As it relates to my industry. So the systems that I put in place are for children to keep them safe. And the parent accused me of treating the kids as robots. And all I could think at the time was like, yep, that's T.E. (laughs) That's the INTJ part of me. And she was like, they're not robots. That's <laughs> not funny. It's not funny because they're not robots. They're not robots. And I don't think that that's what I'm doing. 
but I understand there is, there's a, I've systematized, I've systematized how we're going to interact with students when they're in these, when students get to a difficult space with their behaviors, I've systematized how we're going to respond to it. And the reason why I've systematized it is because I'm trying to protect the kids because other adults in their subjectivity, in the absence of a systemized way, they're harming the kids. They're harming them. And it's evident by their behaviors. Okay. So in me systematizing our reaction to the students when they are in in dealing with some behaviors that are challenging, it has prevented adults from acting out of their emotions to lash out at the kids because adults were doing that. Sending them out of class, writing them up. And there's one adult who's considered to be a counselor who doesn't want to discipline, but then is spinning the narrative so other people will discipline. Other... I've watched him do it with me. He'll come up, tell me this is what this kid did So because I have the authority to suspend or to, to discipline. And he doesn't want to do that because he is, quote unquote, their counselor. But then he's spinning the narrative that would then cause for a suspension. I'm just, uh, there's more I want to say, but I'm not going to. We're just just going to leave it at that. So we're just. I made it. I systematized it. This is how we respond to behaviors, so that it is predictable. Where no one is going to question it. We're all going to be on the same page, and I systematized the reaction to behaviors. That's one of the things I did. Well, this parent, rightfully so, is like, she's looking for a crack in that. To say, well, you systematize it, but they're individual people, which they are. And which is what we believe we account for. Which is one of the reasons why the parent was there, because I asked for the parents to come in to meet with me to avoid a suspension so that we can account for the human experience. We have the parent come in, we have a conversation, we don't do the suspension. Okay. But the parent didn't the parent didn't want that. Not at all. The parent wanted she didn't, she didn't want it. And that's fine. I'm gonna leave it at that. And that 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 happened at the end of the day. So that wasn't even anywhere near the emotions that I had when I went to that office yesterday morning to get the book and I had an outpouring of tears. So I bring all of that up just to say that I've, I've that's an example of a system that I put in place where I've systematized things. But people are human and they want to have their own individuality and their own emotions and I get it I don't have I'm not struggling with that part what I'm struggling is that on record this particular campus in the adults feelings in their individuality in their subjectivity and it's really not individuality it's really like a gang mentality because there is a core group that where they individually feel the same way. So they have shared feelings 
and they have a shared way of reacting to students. And their shared way of reacting to students of color is harmful. And I even believe white students who are not the norm is harmful. And we are changing that experience for children. I'm going in there and I'm fighting for kids through a systematized approach because I'm good at systems, <laughs> and, you know. So I'm so good at it that they initially tried to poke holes in the system. But not only did I put the system in place, I then leveraged the theories of our industry that support that implementation. So they can't, it's pretty, it's a pretty ironclad structure that I put in place for the most part. I mean, there are always exceptions, but you know. So now we're just dealing with raw emotions. So did I really win? So this is an example of a battle versus a war. In many cases, I won the battle for protecting children so much now that now a war has been activated. And that's okay too, actually. And the type, now I'm going to switch systems. I've been talking about TE, right? And, and that's in the Myers, that's a cognitive function in the Myers-Briggs system. I'm going to jump over to the Enneagram. Because I don't really know how other INTJs feel about what I'm, what I'm about to say. But I know how eights feel. Now, a war has happened. Because I have an ironclad system. Am I saying that right? Anyway, it's and what are you going to do? Now, I'm not saying what are you going to do, deal with it. I put the system in place and now I'm trying to build relationships around it. I'm sorry, you guys, my my brain is racing, I know. Um, I don't even know where I was at. Um, Hold on a second. So what would have happened in a normal situation is a person would have put a system in place, the people in their emotions would have been able to poke holes in the system and then would have been able to remove the system or weaken the system. And then they would have been emotionally satisfied. They would have been emotionally satisfied. But because they tried and they couldn't, because of this, how solid my systems are, all they now are left with are emotions. To now, and so it's now the emotions have elevated. And then they didn't just elevate. They've been, we've been in an elevated state for the past month. We've been in an elevated state for the past month. And I would say last week, it it feels like everything is settling. It felt like that. And this is the part that's confusing for me. It felt like we had hit a heightened state of emotions. I call that storming. In the change management process, you have to go through the storming before you can norm and then perform. So the stages are forming, storming, norming, performing. And we are starting to norm. We really are starting to norm. So what are my what are my emotions about? I really don't know. I, that's what I'm trying to analyze. Like, well, we're not at the height of the storm anymore. Things are settling. 
I had a conversation with someone who was really upset with me. And he sat in my office yesterday and he said, your system is working. I'm, I'm frustrated, but it is working. Cause he, and he was just saying he was frustrated because he wanted to. He was the person who said it wasn't going to work. And he said it's working. And he said things are settling. And he said I have a lot to learn from you. And he admitted that that was tough. And he admit, and he just said a number of things that were powerful yesterday in that meeting. He said some things that are scary to me. So I don't even know what to do with that. The sum total of that meeting was not positive to me, even though he said some really power positive things. But I think the sum total is not. that. And again, that meeting happened yesterday as well. But that was not, that was at the end of the day too. That did not express the emotion. That that was not around the emotions. So I was supposed to meet with the staff yesterday to talk. And I missed that opportunity because I had to deal with that parent. Well, first I was dealing with that teacher. And then right after that, I met with that parent. And I don't know if that combined... I don't know. So I wasn't, so the meeting, I didn't handle it. I should have canceled the meeting. I didn't cancel it. I honestly was, I don't know what I was supposed to do. So I went into the meeting late and my AP was up front and he was problem solving, which he was fine. But he... He wasn't, he wasn't speaking on my behalf. He wasn't doing damage control. He wasn't. He wasn't making it worse, thank you. But he wasn't doing damage control. And there are some things that happened yesterday. I can't get into the details of it. But there is a strong, strong, there's strong evidence that he is competing for my job. And I'm like, I'm asking myself this today, is that bothering me? I don't mind a competition. I'm a competitor. I can be a competitor. I don't like to go, I don't like to consider myself a competitor, but I can be a competitor. So I don't feel like that's causing the emotions. And honestly, if you are better suited for the job, have at it. And I think what what the problem is in this particular situation is that you're not being honest that you're competing for the job. The people who put me in this position, they're not being honest about why they put me in that position. So I'm suppo- I'm expected to perform where the 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 standards or the expectations are not being made clear. So then I function on my own standards and expectations. And then when I do that, then people can poke holes and say and critique and say what I'm doing is wrong. When the reality is no one has given me a set of guidelines as to what I should be prioritizing. Or what I shouldn't be. Well, they did. They went, they told one, the CEO told me to go in there, clean it up, put in systems and clean it up. And I did. But the moment people started becoming uncomfortable with it, he didn't back me up. At least it doesn't seem like it. So I don't know what's bothering me. I really don't know what's bothering me. But I'm clearly in an emotional space. I'm clearly in an emotional space and I don't know why. And that's bothering me. I can't analyze. I don't, and I don't want to be in an emotional space. I want to, I don't want to be in an, I genuinely don't want to be in an emotional space. That doesn't mean it, that doesn't profit me. 
So then when I called a few people last night, all people knew how to do, and this is so insane, all people knew how to do was to try to comfort me emotionally. But emotions don't, they don't comfort me. They don't settle me. It makes it worse. Because I want strategy. I want theory. I want an analysis. And all, and, and this is one of the reasons why I don't show emotion. Because I don't want to live there. I don't want to linger in emotions. So now I'm showing the emotions because I caught a few people in tears last night. It was just a, it was just an emotional day. It really, really was. And all people were like, oh, I mean, oh my God. One person was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. And I, I, <laughs> I had to talk myself off the ledge because I knew this person was giving me their love language. I knew this person was really, really trying to be supportive. But my head was exploding because it's like, I don't need that. I need solutions. I need clarity. I need help strategizing because this is what's going on. I'm being, and I'm getting it now, like as I'm talking this through, I'm being pushed to the back seat. I'm being pushed to my lower functions because I don't know what to do with my top functions. And it's so funny because I always think about if your top two functions are your strong, are your strengths, what, what will allow you to go to your inferior functions, your lower functions. If your top two functions are so strong, why would there ever be a need to go to the lower functions if they're so quote-unquote strong? This is the perfect example of why. My intuition is telling me so much. Excuse me, my intuition is showing me so much. And up until recently, I was able to take action. I have been structurally restricted. My superiors have told me no more suit, no more systems, <laughs> no more systems. All we want you to do is to maintain what you started. We like what you've done. No more systems. And on the surface, that seems pretty basic, right? That seems like, oh, that's not a big deal. Just maintain. But I'm not a maintenance person. And then, so that's structural restriction. And then there's there's an unstated restriction where they are now working with my associate principal to do... Um, on it. And it just... It, and. To, to do some uh to do some problem solving so i'm being rem- i've been kept from the problem solving so those are two things that i think speak and maybe that's what the emotion is about my emotion rather because i'm being not, i'm not able to function in my strength all while dealing with these other people's emotions and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so now you're not allowing me to use my PE. It's almost like you assume that I should be able to FE them. Like they want me to be in FE space with these people. And that's just not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do it. Number one, I'm not wired to do that. Now, that's the big part of it. But the other part of it is that, like I told the guy yesterday, I said, you want to unite off of a very exclusionary agenda. Your agenda doesn't include everybody. It doesn't. Your agenda is excluding people. And, um, And that's tough. And that's 
And because they've been allowed to be exclusionary for so long and to hurt a certain population for so long, and it's a population that society has already deemed inferior, problematic, criminal. The fact that I'm coming in that space and I'm saying, no, there is a better way to interact with this population. I'm interrupting this unspoken condition. And I would love to talk more about there's some things that become more spoken. And he was like, that's not cool. Now it's now we're being divisive. You've been divisive all along. But when you were divisive, it was divisive in your favor. Now it's divisive, not in your favor. And of course you notice it now. And all of that part, I'm okay with. But my hands are tied. I can't take any action. And I'm just supposed to just sit there. And that is hard for me. And then, because I can't take any action, I can't function with my strength. I'm only left with that inferior, that, excuse me, that tertiary FI. And, and she's a beast. I don't want to deal with FI without my TE covering. But I have, my hands have been tied and I can't do it. I can't FE it. That's probably what they're thinking. Of course, they don't know the language. They don't know the terminology, but they're probably thinking. And I'm trying. And now, and now that I'm trying to build rapport with people, they're telling me they don't want me to do that either. The guy literally sat in my office yesterday and said, you want all of us to like you. No, he didn't say like. It's not true. I don't remember what word he said. You want all of us on your team. You want all of us on board. And that's just not going to happen. Well, statistically, prob the probability of that happening is pretty low. Of The probability of getting everybody on my team, in my corner, from my agenda, right, that's not going to happen. But he's making this, I said, but I'm sure going to try. I'm going to try to sell the vision to you. I'm going to try to negotiate with you. I'm going to try to meet with you in the middle. And he doesn't want me to do that. He wants me to leave it alone. They want, they want things to stay the way they have been. He's been in that building for 25 years and they want it to stay the same. And what I told them is the demographics of those students are changing. In less than 10 years, they've already had a statistician to roll out this. In less than 10 years, that district will be a minority, majority district. Which means white kids will be the minority. They're not the minority now. And he said it. They're going to, if they're going to be, they're going to have to find ways to engage students of color differently. It can no longer be business as usual. I'm very comfortable with that conversation. I'm very comfortable with that battle. What I'm struggling is that I have been structurally and culturally restricted from doing the work. And that then makes me vulnerable for the, so for people who are frustrated to do what they're going to do. I'm, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. This is the epitome of being caught between a rock and a hard place. And other people of color in this district have left. 
I don't want to, I don't really want to do that right now because I'm, I want my summer. <laughs> Last summer, I had to do about my dying father. I moved and I started a new job. I didn't have a summer vacation. The summer before that, we were in the middle of an epidemic, excuse me, a pandemic, right? And then summers before that, I didn't have any money. I want my summer. <laughs> I may not be able to get it. I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing, but that's the tension I'm wrestling with. I want my summer. And so I'm trying to hang in there. So I think I have, I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm just not a hundred percent sure if it's going to produce results, but at least, um, it's taking action. And I think I have to take action. Even if that action fails, I'm going to learn from it. I do not mind, I do not mind failing as long as I am failing forward. I have to fail forward if I'm going to fail. I have to, if I'm going to fail, I need to fail forward in action. Not inaction as in no action, but inaction as in taking action. <laughs> and right now I'm paralyzed and muted. And that's the, that's, that's probably the emotion. I think I got to it. I, I, and, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. Cause I want to talk about that TEFI axis. Because it's like a light switch. When those two functions are in the middle of your stack, there's nothing separating them. They're connected like a light switch. It's the same switch. It's the same, it's the same power unit. And you, they say you toggle between the two. I don't want to be in the FI space. Don't, I don't want to live in FI. I can learn to be okay with FI, but I don't want to live there without the TE. And that's what's happening. And I genuinely don't know what to do. I mean, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I, I believe, I believe, you know, I do believe I know what I'm, I think this reflection has helped me. I do know what I'm going to do. We'll, and I'll come back to you guys and share it with you when I do it. And then we'll talk. And even if the action I take, if it's the, if it's wrong, it's still action. And then I'm going to learn, I'm going to calibrate, and then take new action. But right now, I'm in a situation where they've got me handcuffed and locked down for no action. They have effectively paralyzed me. And that is insufferable for me. So at least now I know why I'm crying. <laughs> now I know because I don't really, I didn't think it was because people were mad and people weren't friendly. I don't think that. I think ultimately, I think ultimately why the whole day was emotional is that. So I um, thank you guys for being here. I always say that. I always, I really wish, I wish that I'm going to go a little bit over an hour, y'all, just a little bit though, but I'm closing now. I really wish that there were other structures in my life to have these, this type of dialogue or this type of introspection out loud because there's an out loud element to this. But everybody that I called yesterday were just in a feel like affirming my feelings. <laughs> I was like, no. You're making it worse. So, anywho. Anyway. That's what happened. So, anyway, I thank you guys for being here. Until I can find other thinker friends. The the young lady that I talked to yesterday, the one who, I, who hugged me and I cried. She's an NFJ. After we did that hug, we moved right into analysis. So sometimes, sometimes she reminds me of an ENTP. 
She really does. Because I know some ENFJs. She she has some markings of ENFJ on her, but her TI is very strong. Her T or she her TI is strong. Is strong. Um is strong. And so we we do it we start we start NTing it. I don't I don't get NF from her. I get NT. When we when she and I are when we're dialoguing together. But I do see NF when I see her like holistically moving about in the organization. So just like I can drop down and do TI. She's probably dropping down. I don't think she's doing TE with me, but we're both we're we're both probably doing a hybrid version of T. She's doing a T I T E and I'm doing a T E T I so that we're connecting. That's my thinking. That's my think thinking. Or maybe we're connect I don't know what it is. I don't know. That's another reflection. <laughs> anyway. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about my emotions. <sighs> what the hell? <laughs> but about, yeah, trying to analyzing those emotions, trying to figure it out. I did some research um, a little bit briefly before I hit the record button, trying to figure out the difference between subconscious and unconscious. Because I always say that to you guys. I don't know the difference. And every time I go and look it up, it looks clear on paper, but not in application. I still struggle with it in application because subconscious is something that you can access like hindsight, like, oh, but unconscious, you don't know it's happening. But because of my background in psychology, and I know that the un- there's some there's process, there's activity in the unconscious. I want to account for that. I want to account for the unconscious. So I don't know if when I'm talking, am I accounting, am I ca- accounting for the unconscious or for the subconscious? Because I know that the unconscious is a thing, and I know that. A lot happens in the unconscious. And so, yeah. 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 Anyway, so if you, me analyzing this, um, my emotions and trying to figure it out, if it relates at all to a conversation you've had in the world about emotions and analysis and even work politics, please take this link and share it out. If my moving about in this reflection Let's call some randomness in you. I'd love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Twitter, yournidom1. Facebook and Facebook is yournidom and YouTube is yournidom. Yo, I could just say, find me out there as yournidom. Boom. <laughs> Let me give you an assignment. I'm going to ask you to... Um, Think about your middle functions. And this is going to be tough for you if you don't know cognitive functions. Myers-Briggs. So I'm sorry this this assignment may not, may not be inclusive of everybody, at least not at the start. So let me tell you, let me just give you the first part of the assignment. Look at your two middle functions and think about a time in which your top function, your your um, auxiliary function was inactive or broken or damaged or weakened. And it put you in a situation where you were relying, you were leaning, you were lingering in the tertiary function. Can you think about a time? So for me right now, my TE is, is being shackled. I can't do anything. Do the TE. I should say I can't do anything, but I can't do enough. I can't do enough, and because I'm still trying. Um, so it's putting me in an FI situation. Think about a situation, an event that puts you in a ter- tertiary place. What was that event? Why did it? 
put you in a tertiary space? What does it say about your auxiliary function? One of the things I want to know is if I'm an NITE, introverted intuition, extroverted thinking, my extroverted thinking takes action on what the NI sees and, and fueled by the judgment that my FI is making. That's all I know to do. That's who I am. That's the essence of me. To perceive and to take action. To perceive and to take action. And I'm in a situation where I can't take action and as sure as hell can't talk about what it is I'm seeing. It's stripping me from me. So the second part of the question I can ask to be more inclusive of people who who don't know type theory is, when have you been asked to show up in the world as anything other than yourself? And you've been expected to show up but not be who you are. And the scary part about that question is I bet many of you have been in a situation when you were younger and you were expected to be something other than yourself and you didn't know it and you genuinely tried to act out a different version of yourself. You really tried for the sake of growth, for the sake of trying to be open to feedback. Bump the feedback, y'all. Find out who you really, really, really are and be committed to it. Does it not, it does not mean that you can't expand yourself. It doesn't mean you can't stretch into the other functions, but you cannot abort who you are for the sake of being something else because somebody else asked you to be that. No, I'm encouraging you to find out who you are. I think typology is like the best way to do it. But if you don't want to do typology, I don't care how you get there. Just get there. Find a way to know who you are. Own it. Sit in it. And show up every day as you. I'm talking to myself right now. I'm preaching to myself, right? So if this is going to help you, let it help you. But I'm being honest. Do not let people strip you from being who you are. Because I think that even when there are consequences for being who we are authentically, we are able to deal with those consequences with integrity because there's an ethical commitment. It's an ethical commitment of being the self. An ethical commitment to being. That's all I got for you today. Mm, mm, mm. I can't wait to get out this bubble. (laughs) You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.